Good evening and welcome to MTG Profits. This is episode number 25. And uh, as always, I am Devin, joined by your co-host, Andy. Hey, everybody. And uh, we've got a little bit of something special in store for you today. Uh, Andy's helped to line up a special guest, and um, uh, we'll introduce her in a little bit. But uh, as always, to start off the podcast, we want to mention to check out the website at mtgprofits.com and also to check out some of the YouTube videos of uh, some arena games, the matchups that we've uh, gotten up there. And um, and uh, yeah, so tw- big 25, Andy, what do you big think? Big 25. Can you believe that we made it to 25? <laughs> it's uh, Yeah, it's been a little bit. It's about, a, about half a year already. I know I sort of felt that way before but i was like wow we're, we're making, it, it ends up you know i guess you figure you're doing it we're doing it every week here because you know we, that's how we roll so absolutely it just, absolutely. Uh, it just it rolls up. on by it does time goes fast yeah yeah i know uh it's been a relatively uh quiet news week this week but um i think we might have one or two news items and um I know one thing that I had noticed was uh, the uh, arena has their own special ban list. And uh, I was actually unaware that they were going to cultivate a ban list for arena, but uh, the announcement sort of made me aware of such a thing Mm -hmm. and uh, that their ban list will be different than uh, the rest of the uh, magic environment ban list. So they've, uh, they banned uh, just a single card and I don't know if you'd seen it, but they've banned Nexus of fate and, um, Apparently, they, they go into a big uh, spiel about why um, they banned it on uh, the Wizards website. However, the, yeah, I'm uh, reading that. Yeah. The, uh, they, they basically wanted to say, oh, the card is not too powerful, and um, it doesn't really disrupt normal gameplay like the Eggs deck does. Yep. However, we decided to ban it anyway, because it's unable to... The online version or arena doesn't allow for shortcuts like real tabletop exactly. magic does. Yeah. And um, basically that was their little double speak for people have been complaining about it nonstop on Reddit. Mm-hmm. So we caved and we have banned the card. <laughs> yeah. To be, to be honest, I haven't even seen the card played on Arena. I think I don't I've know seen it played maybe twice. And I will say it's that one, uh, it's probably, you know, a couple of different decks. But yeah, it's in those surveil decks and it, it just... It's one of these things where the guy just keeps drawing cards. And he takes another turn, draws twenty more cards, draws takes another turn, and it just like repeats endlessly until he finds whatever the win condition is, whether it's to mill you out or something else. And oh. I will say it is fairly annoying to sit so you there. Have, all uh, you have felt the wrath of the it. Nothing. is. I think some of those. It's just it's just annoying to sit there and like I said, there's no real shortcuts, so it's like, oh, oh you know, it's just this endless loop of 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 suckiness. So the banning seems pretty like a pretty good idea to you, realistically. I think so, and I, I think the point one of the points they made in their uh, arguments too was this is a digital format, and it, it, you've got to you know do the rules and do the playstyle and everything to to relate to that format. You know, some things that are done on the paper format you know works in play differently than they would in a digital format, and you've got to adjust that this particular format and, and property for that. To uh, reflect that thing, style. Yeah, some things just might not make sense, like on Arena, that you would do on paper uh, playing the game. Yeah, I think that's reasonable, especially in the case of some repetitive thing where you're just clicking next, next, pass, pass, pass. Mm-hmm. pass you know, so 
But uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize realize it was such an issue. But uh, again, I haven't really encountered it in such a a brutal and uh, non-interactive fashion, I guess. Yeah, when you kind of get locked out of a game like in that kind of style, it's it's just no fun. I just concede, concede, concede. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not worth the trouble hanging around. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was uh, my news item for the week. I guess speaking of Arena, a couple of little things. There was an update to the Arena last week. We mentioned that. It happened last Thursday where there was numerous updates to that. So... Uh, there were a number of fixes, and all of that's gone into play. Um, so check out those changes. Um, you'll see that online. I haven't really played around with it a whole lot. Uh, you can see the some of the new new formats and or uh, uh, you know with the uh, some of those changes are in effect now. So check those out. Um, you might have seen there was an event this past weekend. There was a Singleton event. Uh, the Danny Trejo. Uh, a singleton event where you play with Danny Trejo as your uh, avatar and then against, I forget what his other name is. Oh, uh, gosh, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you. He's, I think, some streamer guy. Uh, okay. So, oh, that's funny. Uh, you play, the other player would play as him. Uh, I don't know who he was. but uh, So okay. there was a chance if you, for every one win that you got, you could get a duress, an alternate art duress. And if you got five wins in a row, you would get a alternate art Galta, the the primal primal hunger. Ooh, I like primal, that. I can't remember his last names, but uh, and you could enter the event unlimited number of times. And once you had two losses, you were out of that that round, I guess, or out of that game. Okay. Uh, I, I played a, just a couple times, and I I did get the alternate art duress. I was able to squeak out one win. Uh, the alternate art duress I don't think is an original art. It's. Uh, I want to say it's probably like a, it looked like the kind of ninth edition art style or something. It definitely looked like something that already exists. I'd have to look back to see if that's the case, but it, it does look that way. It doesn't look like anything brand new. Like brand it. spanking new. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen what the Galta one is, but I imagine that one. Well, that one might be new. I don't. I would know. imagine it would be new. I would imagine, yeah. but I would don't know. Don't know for sure. So yeah, hopefully you check that out. Maybe got your your free card. Uh, I, I'm not really big into the singleton, so I, I didn't really uh, make a no, break. no. So. <laughs> I, I have not ever made a singleton deck. So seems like commander without a commander. Why would I do that to myself? Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> like it's even know. less fun than usual. <laughs> uh, yeah, funny. not so good. And not the uh, I guess the only other news item I have, and I don't know if you saw this, Dev. The um, there was a teaser that was released. Uh, Two days ago, I think now, uh, over the weekend, or maybe it was Friday, uh, for the upcoming new set, uh, War of the Spark. Uh, so it's like about a minute trailer that you can watch on YouTube, uh, kind of giving you a teaser for War of the Spark, the new set coming out in April. Uh, and it, it kind of, in the, in the trailer, you see a big tower, and the tower has stained glass images of all the different planeswalkers. And then it you break it the the camera focuses in on one of the images of Gideon and it breaks through the the mirror and inside you see one flickering candle on a, a chandelier and then that candle goes out. Oh, good. So, he so there's so yeah so there's some you know hints that maybe is it at the end of Gideon uh, is that the end of the Kobolas and you see the the image of the fades kind of looks like two big horns so oh, exactly. presumably yeah. like. 
uh, Nicole Bolas. Gets the destroyed by the the more supreme planeswalker. Uh, possibly. <laughs> I mean, I think it's maybe time for a shakeup. Man, like that, they they to need to a, lose some. A yeah. major character die. Uh, I think that'd probably be good. But, yeah, I would. I would say so. Although it seems like they've moved away from him and more towards that white uh, lion. I, I can't remember. The, a Johnny. Yeah. A Johnny. Yeah, exactly. It does. Uh, but that, you know, that also, thinking of the speculation part of it, and I guess from the name alone, are we going to be seeing more, either A, more planeswalkers, or B, more cards that have some sort of interaction with planeswalkers? You know what? We have enough planeswalkers, and they keep churning them out every new set anyway, so mm-hmm. that seems like nothing new to me, honestly. But it seems like as they add a bunch more, they should lose some. So, I, I mean, I that sounds, so. like, reasonable, you know? Uh, I'd say so. I would have thought, like, Garuk would have killed some off in his hunting times. They yep. sort of moved away from that whole, like, oh, he's, he's too, disappeared. He's, he's yeah. too violent. We can't have him in our sets anymore. That seems to be their their approach on that. They're like, well, he hunts other planeswalkers. Well, he's attacking a woman. I'm like, this we can't have. Oh, no. Shut it down. Shut down. They they uh, they seem to be moving away from uh, just the the straight offensive type of planeswalkers, I guess. But we haven't seen Garuk in the longest. But um, they just sort of dis- just sort of I guess stopped supporting any storyline associated with him. But yeah. didn't actually kill him off. I, I no, I don't. I don't yeah. believe so. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I'll be curious to see. Yeah. We can afford yeah. to lose them. They keep adding, you know, they add, yeah, they like, add and keep adding every new people, people anyway. Every, every so. new plane seems to suck up three new planeswalkers that we've exactly. had. So. so we can afford to lose a few, you know. I'm crunched down. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, but, um, yeah. A couple other things on Yeah, here. you know. Well, something we should get I, rid of. I did have uh, one that, that seems, I would say, sell-worthy. And uh, it's one that's been creeping up um, since essentially now that I look at the chart almost for about almost a year now. And it was a wow. sneaky one, like under the radar. It's okay. a card that I am sure I probably have because it's not even it's not very good, and mm-hmm. uh, which is probably why I end up having a lot of it. But um, <laughs> it's the um, it's a guild pact card, okay. uh, the uh, Grand Arbiter Augustine the Four. Okay, yeah, and, yeah. Um, he's a legendary creature, and uh, he's a blue-white, uh, uh, four-mana casting cost. He's a 2-3, and he says, mm-hmm. white spells you play cost one less, blue spells you play cost one less, and spells your opponents cost play cost, uh, spells your opponents play cost one more. So, so you know, he's, he's okay, and... Yeah. Um, but he has crept up like nicely to an average of twelve dollars now. Ooh, yeah, and uh, he seems like the penultimate like one dollar pickup to me. Like he seems like a card that you would have paid a dollar for. Yeah, yeah. You know? um, like I can remember that card not being valuable and by any stretch. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, boys up to twelve dollars. So wow. I, he would That's be a good. target for. Uh, I would. Uh, Empty the binder, so to speak, of him. <laughs> uh, like the uh, empty the war. The binder. <laughs> empty the binder. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's one uh, I would I would think about selling. And um, there is another card that I am keeping an eye on, not for purchase, not for sale yet, but um, yeah. it's uh, it's Papa Jace. It's the Jace the Mind Sculptor. He has been uh, steadily increasing as well, I believe. Right? He sure has. He is. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. So he's uh, in the low hundreds now. I think his average price is uh, one fifteen now, which honestly is uh, relatively high. So 
Um, I would keep an eye on that. I, I think, it, you know, for the short term, I actually think this is more of a short term watch and sell. And what I, what I mean by that is before summer, I would say um, keep an eye on that. If you've got some and you're thinking, well, um, you know, because realistically, they're not going to have any more Jace the Mind Sculptors until a new reprint set is yeah. um, until a new reprint set is is released. And theoretically, they're done with reprint sets for a while, so it may be a little while until um, until he does get reprinted. So he has some room to go. Uh, okay. His high is 190, and okay. uh, his low is 50, so it's around 50. And um, I could see him creeping up over over the spring to like you know, 130-ish, 140-ish. Yeah. And then I would start getting ready to dump, 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 dump. Dump the papa. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, and uh, and another thing that may be worth keeping an eye on is boxes that he's in. Recent boxes, like the Masters 25, I think he was okay. in. Uh, you could have recently gotten a whole box of Masters 25 for 130 bucks. So, wow. Wow, okay. you know, it's, um, so, you know, you, you've got a chance. You've got, uh, what are there, like nine Mythics in that set or something? Something like that, yeah. So you got like roughly a one in three chance of popping him in one of your boxes. But um, in any event, it, it's, it's a curious thing because his value is creeping up. And he's played in modern, vintage, you know, legacy, commander. Almost anywhere you have a blue deck is Jace the Mind Sculptor. So... The demand for him is always relatively high, especially since his unbanning in Modern relatively recently. For the release of Masters 25, if I might add. I yeah. think they use that as a, a chief selling point for that box. But um, hmm. So those are those are my things to kind of keep tabs on. Keep tabs on, on Jason Mind Sculptor as a potential selling target. Yep. Keep tabs on the Masters 25 boxes as potential pickup targets if you can get them below, yeah. I would say below 140. Okay. And, um, and uh, sell any Grand Arbiters you have. Sell the Arbiter. <laughs> yep, Grand Arbiter of Augustine the <laughs> Fourth. So. And what set was he from again? He had uh, Dissension. Dissension. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. way back, yeah. Way back, yeah, way back. Or was it Guild Pact? I'm sorry, it might have been. It's the one with the little uh, three-pointed like shuriken symbol. <laughs> it might be Guild Pact. I think it's Guild Pact then. Yeah. Dissension was the. Um... <sighs> something else <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I remember it's now. funny they're getting so uh yeah it's getting they're just getting crazy so um yeah grand augustine oh he was reprinted in one of the masters as well yeah yeah dissension dissension yep. yeah yep. was the original yep so very nice good deal cool you think uh, you might have something special planned? Yeah, for I think as, as for you long-term listeners, we we are happy that you're still sticking with us. And anyone new, we're glad that you joined us. If you remember, way back in episode 10, we had our first guest on the show. We had Travis on, and we talked to him about uh, Magic. He's a local player. And uh, we're bringing in a special guest as well for our 25th episode. So, you know, we try to mix things up here a little bit and love to have guests on the show and, and talk to them about magic and uh, ask them a few questions. So we have a, a, another a new guest as well. So we're going to give her a call and, and have her uh, join us and talk to us a little bit about magic. And this is going to be uh, someone from my um, local gaming area who was uh, gracious enough to uh, join us. So let me put her on the line. I will. We're going to get her get her talking with all of us here.
mashing. <laughs> You're now an IT professional. Yay. <laughs> no, I don't know why Skype does, does what it does. <laughs> oh, very good. And Skype is on it. And I just, you were like, let's do a Skype interview. And I was like, we could try it on my laptop if I, you know, like draw a pentagram around it and the stars align. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get the candles out. The moon is in the right spot. And then we can. Thank you, machine spirit. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. I, well, this time I just I hit the little call button and that did it. Although I think I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I will say I that Andy, I believe your recording may be continuous, and I believe mine has been broken. I think I had to add. I think I had to join your conversation in order to uh, have all three of us happen. So I don't know if yours has continuously been recording, but mine I just restarted the recording as we connected. So just so- for your own knowledge, Andy. Okay, because I do say that you are recording the call, and I am also recording the call. Okay, yeah. Like, screen it says Andy is recording the call. I'm not seeing anything about anyone else. I don't know okay. if that affects do or don't want to do. We will we'll go with it, as long as it's recorded yeah. somewhere. So, exactly. <laughs> Something's happening. We'll make it work. And I will edit all of this out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's uh, go ahead and get proper introductions underway, Andy, so that the listeners know who we've got so, on. Oh, yeah. So... As all your listeners know, and hopefully, uh, I don't know if you've been able to check out any of the other podcasts here we've done, Meg, but um, uh, I'm Andy, and, and we've got Devin on the line, as always, my co-host. And uh, every week, we, we talk about Magic the Gathering. We, specifically, we're, we're geared more toward talking about the finance of Magic the Gathering, the cards, and buying and selling, and the kind of the market of, of Magic the Gathering. But we, we dive into the news, and, and also uh, talk a little bit about other card games, and kind of gaming in general. Um, but uh, we were always interested and, and excited to talk to other players about it, and uh, wanted to have a guest here for our special 25th anniversary show. And uh, we're happy that uh, you could join us. Absolutely, thank you. I'm really happy to be here. I appreciate the awesome. invitation. Um, so yeah, I'm just really happy to be able to share what I, my ideas with you guys. Sure, great, great. So we've got Meg on the line, and uh, we're going to talk some some magic. <laughs> Sounds good. We've got a, a relatively simple uh, sort of setup that uh, will probably make things relatively smooth. We're just going to probably go through a little bit of a, almost like a question and answer session. And um, it's, a, it's a pretty user-friendly way to interact, I think. It gets kind of opens things up and starts and things off we nicely. We can digress and go anywhere Absolutely. we need to go. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess uh, probably one of the, the basics is... Um, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself in regards to magic and um, sort of more specifically, maybe when did you start playing and, and how did you get into the game? All right. So my, all right. So way back when, so I'm 24 and the, um, the thing that really got me into magic was actually Pokemon. If you can believe that. Um, can believe it. <laughs> and my uh, dad and I used to go to books a million, which I believe is now a defunct business. And we would play in Pokemon league. And, you know, after a while, that kind of started to fizzle a little bit. And then we kind of looked around at what other properties were available in, you know, the, the burgeoning game stores and books a million other card stores, game stores. Um, and we found magic. And I don't exactly remember how I came to be playing that because I was pretty young at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, we started playing and, I, you know, it was for me, it was more of a way to spend time with my older brother and my dad, which I thought was really cool. Um, and I've always kind of had... I guess 
I've I've dipped into both sides of interests as far as like gendered interests go. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had I had Pokemon figures, I had some Barbie dolls, but I also had magic cards, and um, we really we would mostly like play them on vacation and stuff. And my cousins uh, came down from Pennsylvania, which was really cool. Um, and I remember very fondly the first deck that I ever really cared about a lot was this bird tribal deck that had like Commander Isha and Soul Catcher's Airy in it. And it was really simple, but it was something that my dad put together for me. Okay. Special place in my heart. Nice. You know, like you still, <laughs> I, I assume you still have that today? I actually, uh, it's probably in pieces somewhere around the house, but as I'm sure you guys know, once, like, I don't know if you guys organize your cards, I sort of do, but don't really. <laughs> it's, a, it's a love-hate uh, relationship with card sorting. Yeah. yeah. At the same time, it's like, I should do this, and, you know, I'm all inspired to do it, and then I actually look at the bulk of what you have, and it's like, <sighs> oh, God. That's about- the hate part. <laughs> uh, I know. I've got piles surrounding me at the moment. I have not yet sorted. <laughs> Yeah, it, that's funny. That uh, that actually leads a little bit into one of the questions I was going to ask, sort of further down the line. But the the segue is too perfect. The sure. um, Go so for it. one of the questions that I was going to ask is um, and and this is actually somewhat prescient because you're relatively, I I, I would say you're younger than than we are. So you have a a, a different. I'm curious about your take about uh, some things because what I've noticed at my uh, locals is that. Um, a lot of times players will uh, play a essentially a standard legal deck. There's a lot of F&M at uh, mm-hmm. my local game store, and people will, will collect their decks and uh, play with their cards, and then um, almost instantly, once, um, once that standard season is going to start to rotate, they essentially dump all the cards at, uh, you know, you know, pennies on the dollar. Usually, uh, they they'll garner about twenty to twenty five percent of what they paid for the cards, and immediately throw it into the new standard cards. And I was curious to see if you actually um, sort of get rid of your cards and rotate them, or are you more of a hoarder um, where things just sort of linger in in different binders and different areas in in the house. So- and, you know, Speaking from the from the hoarder standpoint, I know that <laughs> yeah, I think we're both hoarders. Yeah, we're a little bit on the hoarder side. I'm I'm not always the best. I have to. I don't really play a lot of constructed slash any constructed. The best, the closest I ever get to that would be commander. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I have so the as you were saying, like the hoarded binders of things. I have a play set of Archangel Addison sitting in my binder right now that. You know, I look at every now and then, I'm just like, you know, I really should have sold these. <laughs> and I didn't. So, <laughs> so kind of have to, my, my recent push has been, I, I got a, um, my pre-release promo was actually a hydroid crisis with the, like the foil and the date oh, on it and everything. Oh, oh my. Very nice. So sell that immediately. I, yeah, <laughs> I, sell it. <laughs> I have, I have sold it. So okay. every now and then, like check the TCG player and be like, did I get, de- did I get a, de- did I get a good deal on that? You know, and I yeah, spent, yeah. I got about uh, 35 for it, which was pretty good. Yeah, um, guess, yeah. So, you know, it's it's I, I kind of have to make myself do that in the moment, because if I don't, I just sit on it like I'm sitting on a lot of yeah, there have been some investments that I've made, like I'm sitting on a box of Eternal Masters um, from right. a few years ago, waiting to sell that at some point or, you know, like do a friend's like cheapish buy and draft and then pull the cards and sell those. I don't know. Um, I would keep it in. A, I would keep it boxed. I would keep it sealed. No, it's it's still sealed. It's in it's sealed in my closet inside a bag inside another bag so that like not even water can get in (laughs) (laughs) excellent yeah that'll that will slowly creep up i think and that has uh 
Also, as we discussed earlier, Jade has a Papa Jace in it. So uh, we've seen that one climb quite a bit. And uh, those Eternal Masters boxes are going to slowly creep up, I think. So I would not tear into them for singles. Yeah, no, we haven't we haven't done that yet. I've been pretty good about sitting on it. I'm just kind of, I don't know. Yeah. It's like a hundred bucks that I want it, but you know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Gotta wait. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, well, like, I guess that also kind of leads into from what you were saying, Dev. Like, so what kind of formats or what format do you typically play then, Meg? So I absolutely love limited. Um, okay. I I don't want Ooh. to insult those who really enjoy constructed, but. I feel like limited is the most pure form of magic because you're taking not only your play skill and testing it, but you're also testing your card evaluation and your ability to read signals, but also your ability to construct an effective deck. So I just feel like it's. It is great. Yeah, it is great. And you don't have to be as uh, you don't have to be as studied on the the current meta as as you might otherwise. You know, so I think it's it's sort of meta, but I I definitely don't like read a lot of standard articles or anything. But I do try to kind of by word of mouth, pay attention to what's going on with, you know, archetypes and limited. I don't always agree, but then obviously you play with that after a while and it's a they're pros for a reason and their evaluations tend to be correct. So, yep. That's exactly right. And I really like how you can just jump in a limited game. You can, I, I really appreciate the fact that you could have someone that hasn't played Magic for years, and you could be like, oh, we're going to buy a box, and we're all going to split these up, and we're all going to draft these. There's eight of us tonight, and we're just going to have fun with these cards. And, and, you know, and that person that doesn't need to have even brought any cards with them can still have fun with the group. I think that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I think it's really good. Yeah. And it kind of gets back to the heart of tabletop magic, which I think a lot of, or like kitchen table magic, I guess, which I know a lot of people have a lot of fondness in their heart for, myself included. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we're, we're pretty big, casual, kitchen table kind of magic players. I mean, that's kind of how we started and still mm-hmm. pretty much do to this day is, you know, really just keep it casual and all sorts of different cards and all sorts of different uh, sets and all that. So I think it's, just a easy way and fun way to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, what do you think is um, what do you think is typical for you? On um, also, you mentioned so you mentioned commander. So, I guess that's a that's probably one constructed uh, type of magic that you do play. Mm-hmm. And um, how often do you think you how often do you think you get to play that? So we. My uh, boyfriend and I and his brothers played for a good amount of time uh, a few years ago, pretty regularly, like I would say once a week or once every other week. And then we mm-hmm. kind of fell out of that. Um, so we, I picked it up again recently with my brother and his girlfriend and some of our friends as well. Um, but it's not something that's necessarily like a weekly thing, but it's more like a, hey, do you want to come over and do this? Um, and my decks need some shaping up because you know, they've been pilfered for like a Snapcaster Mage or a Karn or something. Sure. Yes. So yep. there, some of them are in pieces, but some of them are together. But the ones that are together are kind of not like the most powerful. So it's it's a process of getting that back up to speed. And I've actually begun in making a list because you play with people who actually have put together like effective decks with a plan. And you're like, oh, I should probably yeah. do yeah, <laughs> you know it's funny because I have such a love-hate relationship with Commander as well. I I love the casual nature of the format. You know, I love the non-rotating structure of it. I love yeah. how it's more casual. The players tend to be more casual. I, I love all of those things. I hate how long the games take. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. you know that's a, between the turns. Aye, aye, aye. 
Yeah. So that's another one of the, it's funny how like almost everything in magic comes down to love hate for me. It's like, Oh, I love this, but I hate that about it. You know, <laughs> I love this, but I hate mana screw and mana flood. And I love, you know, I, I, yeah. so that's funny. <laughs> Very good. I know that, um, I know that, uh, let's see, what, what was I going to touch on here? I know that uh, Wizards has been sort of making arena and um i know they've had the magic online for quite some time and i've dabbled in that as well but um i know they're they're really kind of pushing hard uh, i'm curious have you have you tried the online the uh, magic arena specifically yeah so we played a good amount of um and when i say we i mean my boyfriend and i mm-hmm. um we played a good amount of moto and it kind of it, it's kind of like it feels different than playing paper magic so we had kind of a love-hate relationship with that for a while Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an idea of how we felt about it, we uh, renamed the application on our desktop the Money Funnel because <laughs> it's so easy to just like have your credit card in your hand or your debit card or whatever and say, oh, we'll just put some more on or some more on yeah. and it just keeps going. So we played Moto for a while and then we stopped. Um, I really did enjoy the flashback drafts on there because um, up until about six years ago when he and I started dating, I hadn't I had played Magic sort of intermittently. Like, I remember clearly playing um, when Shards of Alara came out. I remember mm-hmm. playing Draft when Innistrad came out. Yes. But yep. I haven't really been playing consistently since about six years ago. Um, so seeing those flashback flashback drafts is really cool for me and getting to be exposed to those older formats and say, like, oh, well, where, you know, where does Ravnica have its roots? Oh, here. Where mm-hmm. do the Planeswalkers come from? Oh, there's actual DJ Speller and there's the Chandra and Alara, these kinds of cool things. Um but we have been playing Arena, and I, I really like Arena. We played some um, of a game called Eternal. Have you guys heard of that? We have. I, I have. actually installed it, but I haven't really actually played it yet. I'm, I'm I have the to same say. thing for me. I have the, the icon on my desktop, and I have not touched it. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have to revisit that, apparently. So when we when Arena was released, when uh, friends or people when people who were able to give out their beta codes gave out their beta codes, we got one, and we stopped playing Eternal habitually then. Um, but it, it really is like if Magic and Hearthstone had a baby. The interface is really nice. Um, it kind of scratches the same itch if you enjoy doing limited. Um, I don't believe they have a seal that you can really do, but they do have constructed, and there is a pretty dedicated community that follows it, which is cool. So Eternal is a good place to go. But, yeah, we, we do it, uh, Arena now as well. Um, like, we'll do they – have, obviously, they don't really have, like, flashback drafts, but, you know, we'll do, like, an Amonkhet draft if it comes sure. up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um we like to, I, I don't know, that's honestly, we, we've been doing a lot of that lately. I really do enjoy um, Ravnica. Boy, it sure is easy to get in and bang out a few games very quickly. You know, yeah. it's, it's almost so The speed so of it is, is really nice. It You're really is. You're not to sitting at your computer for two hours or like waiting for a draft queue to fill up. Now, I, I don't love the, the interface of not having a human pick the cards in front of you. Yeah. Because that's... It's like drafting that and then drafting paper magic is, is really just like two different things. It is. It, the, yeah. the entire experience, I would say, almost feels like you're playing against bots realistically. Yeah. I, that's one of the biggest, I would say, like long-term complaints that Andy and I have had is that yeah. there's so little interaction. You you can't talk or text even with the person on the other end other than their, the pathetic four emotes or whatever they give <laughs> yeah. you. Which yeah. you know are are terrible at conveying any sense yeah. for what you're trying to say. Yeah, so. and it's like, are you saying it sincerely or are you saying it sarcastically? Because there's always that little bit of 
Absolutely. And, 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 you know, it's funny. It's like they almost want to, like, limit the interaction of the players because they know that the players can be such tools. (laughs) (laughs) For for lack of a better way to put it, it's like (laughs) they're like, well, we can't let these people communicate with each other. It'll be a disaster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's kind of one of the good with the bad. I mean, there's going to be some people who will be, you know, very pleasant and, and uh, you know, be nice about it. But then you'll have these others who will just miserable. be miserable and trolls and be nasty and, and whatever. By the fact they're not face-to-face with someone and ready to get salty. So they feel like they kind of have to stop that before it starts with the limiting emotes. But yeah. That's funny. Speaking of, of troll-like players, do you feel like as a how has your experience been as as one of the elusive uh, female magic players? Because we always wonder about this, you know, because you, you always read online articles about how you know women players are treated poorly and they're and they're they're not respected as players, and you know you, you read this kind of thing. And ha, has that been has that been your experience? So yes and no. Um, I think part of something that has um, altered what I have experienced has been the fact that I was preceded in the community by my older brother and my boyfriend's also well known in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I feel like the community that we have around here in Richmond, Virginia is really exceptional in how the players regard one another. Um, and it's only really been uh, like when I leave that, that I have encountered people who make kind of snide remarks or, insinuate that I don't understand something or insinuate that I haven't been playing very long or insinuate that I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, and you know, that's rude, but I, you know, I'm, you get, people get dunked on because they're new or people get dunked on because whatever. So I, I do, I have experienced some like rude things or nasty things, but nothing that I think other people have had to experience necessarily. So I, I feel like it's a legitimate thing, but in my community, I feel very proud to say that I feel Richmond is a really good place to play magic. So that's actually kind of, I would say a positive overall experience. It's, it's funny though. You almost, you almost think like every once in a while you get, you get some of these guys who, you know, I I can only imagine, I can only imagine because generally speaking, if you go to any kind of place where there are a ton of magic players, like if you go to a GP, these people are just sort of, uh, I hate to say it, but a lot of them are kind of jerks. So, and that's, you know, that's very strong attitudes, very forceful personality, very, you know, funny rules lawyering. So you'd almost, you'd almost love to put the smack down on somebody after they were like, oh, are you only here because your boyfriend is here? (laughs) So that happened to me at a PPTQ a few months ago. There was this guy who, I, I think I was riffle shuffling his cards. And he was like, oh, what, you'll learn not to do that soon. And I don't even remember exactly what else he said, but it was just like this kind of haughty looking down at me type thing. Yeah. And it just kind of got this air. And I beat him. But yeah, you know you <laughs> felt good about that. That was I, the best. I, yeah, and it's, I mean, it's, it's frustrating, though, because, you know, there is some latent kind of frustration with how some people view women in the gaming community or in any community. And, like, you know, that's that can be said for – so I horseback ride as well. And that can be kind of said for men in the horseback riding community. There's kind of this like perception of, oh, why are you here? Oh, are you just here because your wife rides? Or are you just here because your boyfriend plays or whatever it is? So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. People like their things. And I've always been a nerd and I like what I like. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's, that's the way to go right there. Yeah, I think so. 
Absolutely. But yeah, I always, you know, it's always a curiosity because then you'll, you'll hear wizards say, you know, things like, you know, wizards have come, has come out in the past saying that women magic players make up 40% of the magic gathering, magic the gathering community. And I said, 40% in my mind, I was like, that seems extraordinarily that seems overblown. Very high. I've, 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 I can't, and that maybe that's just in my community, but I mean, we have rousing FNMs. I mean, there are there are forty people every Friday night at my LGS, and uh, yeah, I've never seen anything close to uh, an almost fifty-fifty male to female ratio there. Which, which you know, which I don't know why they would why they would come out and say that other than to sort of promote the idea of inclusivity, which I think yeah. has some some merit. But um, I think artificially inflating your numbers. I think is probably detrimental to your cause, you know, but yeah, I feel like they want it. They want it to seem less like a boys club if I had to perceive that, but I don't know. I I, I haven't really perceived that myself, but that being said, like, I mean, if you, I would guess that if you go into a store full of people who are standoffish and say like, Oh, like, are you just waiting for your boyfriend or, Oh, are you, you know, X, Y, Z, that would certainly kind of put on a certain perception. And regardless, you know, of, of gender, that would be, off-putting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So exactly. I just feel like it would depend more on how the community wants to view itself and treat itself. And I, I do feel like Richmond has a really exceptional one. That's um, excellent. For you guys, excellent. Richmond, if you're listening. That's right. <laughs> we should have a few from that area. I would hope so. But we're 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 big in uh, what was it in Brazil or something? Where, <laughs> that's where all of our listeners are from, apparently. It's funny. Uh, it's, it's funny the amount of international listeners is is uh, strikingly odd, you know. And I was like, do they speak English as a native language in Brazil? I wouldn't think so, but yeah, English like thing or something that'd be yeah. strange demographics in our, our listener base so <laughs> who knows uh, but i guess you know a lot of those lines too i mean do you think the number of women playing has has grown at all or is it absolutely okay yeah and it's i think it's a really i mean i think it's a good thing because you know everyone my my experience as a woman is different than your experience as a man i'm sure and just kind of having that in, plurality of experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, think it, I think it's valuable, and you know, I think if it's, I think if it's forced or if it's, um, I guess inflated, like you said, that can be detrimental because you don't want to misrepresent something. But yeah. I think that kind of having it be more, like, supportive and inclusive, and like, hey, this is a game. Do you want to play with us? Type attitude instead of being like, oh, you can't play with us or eh, or something like that. It just I don't know. I feel like it's that's why we're all here on the planet, isn't it? To to coexist and have fun and absolutely. So. I wish I wish that you know from a from a wizard standpoint, I, I love the idea that they're trying to sort of promote that style of inclusivity, but I almost wish they would almost promote the game more. You know, yeah. and, and 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 instead of, I, I think they should try to plant the seeds to help the game flourish at the local level Mm -hmm. and, and by, you know, sort of like the rising tide raises all ships, so to speak, you know, where they're like, Oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to send the local game stores, this product for free to get new players to play the game, you know, or, you know, we're going to do this and we're going to do, you know, I, I would love it if they would sort of, you know, promote the game itself as opposed to almost an agenda driven drive to, like, oh, look at how inclusive our game is. You know, you should play it because, you know, of this, that, or the other. I almost wish they would, you know, say, look at how awesome our game is. It's fantastic. Once you try it, you'll like it. It doesn't matter who you are. Everyone loves it, you sure. know. And, 
and I and I wish they would take that approach. Unfortunately, that seems to not be their their interest. Yeah, I think there's a good amount of so I'm kind of and I don't know if this is like an appropriate attitude to have, but it's I'm kind of skeptical when uh, corporations or organizations adopt that kind of attitude because I'm 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 uh, suspicious of it because I'm worried it's disingenuous. Like you don't actually care about the groups of people you're purporting to want to bring in or do X, Y, Z or whatever. You're absolutely um, right. I think healthy skepticism or cynicism, I think is appropriate. Like, I think I, I very much value that. So I, I'm a teacher, so I really value the different like cultural experiences and the different life experiences and all kinds of things that can really make life interesting and valuable. But I, I, I don't want I don't know how to say it. I guess I don't want it. To yeah. Be you don't want it to be artificial. Or, you want it to be yeah, natural and, and sort of, yeah, you want it to be natural, not artificial, essentially. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That's my biggest concern with that push. But I, I do think it matters, though, because I I have talked to some other women in different communities and, and, you know, other minority groups or whatever that pertain to this. And, you know, they have had like horror stories. And I have I'm had sure. very inappropriate, like I've had really creepy guys come on to me in like weird, gross, sexual ways that mm-hmm. won't let go. Like, it's so strange. You, you know, yeah. you would think like, just imagine, like, imagine if I could imagine myself, say, you know, 20 years ago or something, like someone in my my early 20s. And, and like, I was sitting across from like a female magic player, which at the time was essentially unheard of. But, um, you know, but you would think in my mind, I would be like, wow, this is fantastic. I would love for more women to play this game, because I'm tired of sitting across the table for men all the time, every time. So my normal inclination, I think would honestly be to be like, more chill, more relaxed, you know, not being like a crazy rule lawyer yeah, or, yeah. or, you know, so it strikes me as such an odd dichotomy that we have as a, as a gaming community where it's like, well, we need more women to play games because we honestly, we just need that plurality of experience. And yet, what do we do? We shoot ourselves in the yep. foot by, by just acting so strangely and inappropriately, which is super unfortunate. And then yeah. you wonder, like, why is this the case? And then you wonder, is it like the demographic that we attract, or is it like I- I'm not really sure. I don't really know how to fix I these feel problems. Like these nerdy interests tend to have kind of people that tend to be a little more introverted or socially excluded, or you know, I mean, it's really interesting to see kind of this renaissance of nerd culture coming into the forefront of absolutely American culture, like with the board games revival that's happening right now with. I mean, I don't personally care for the show, but the show Big Bang Theory's whole thing is yep. like, well, they're so quirky and nerdy. Wow. And it's yeah, right. interesting to see how that's being kind of put in the like the, the light of cool now, I guess. It's in a limelight. And, and cool to, to be a on. nerd. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny because that, that, that definitely is there's definitely something to that and and you're absolutely right we sort of had this like giant surge of of nerd culture it's cool to be a Comic nerd or, or geeky you know uh, and um but i but i will say like i will say that the feeling is different than it it once was i i can remember you know i remember back in the day it was like you know if you brought your say you brought your magic cards to school you know at, at the time you know, you wouldn't really even want people to know you had them other than the other people that would play with you because they would, you know, you'd be horribly ridiculed or, or you know, ostracized or so, even to the point of your cards being discarded by the teachers as like it was, you know, it was seen as like some sort of devil worship. Yeah, at, it wasn't at one really point. sociably. So. Oh, God, sorry. 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't really a, a social kind of thing or something that was really accepted or you would have really kind of wanted people to know or expose them to. But I also think that sort of engendered a certain more like close-knit or tightness of the community that was accepting of all people. Yeah. Because it was a totally different experience where you were like, if you came across someone that was like, that played magic or had interest, you were like, whoa, you play magic? I do too. You were shocking. In, you were yeah. instantly, <laughs> yeah, you were instantly friends with that person. You know, it was like, you know, I, I find... I find that that is completely lacking now with the sort of resurgence in nerd culture, I would say. It's it's almost like weirdly exclusionary and not inclusive, whereas historically it was like, whoa, you like you like computer games? Oh, my God. You know, or like and again, that probably dates me as well. Like, But still, like for me, it was Pokemon. For me, it was Pokemon figures that I would take to daycare and I'd be like, guys, look at my cool Pokemon figures. And they'd be like, <laughs> wow, you're such a wiener. And yeah. I would eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's sort of funny. It's like we, we've gained something in in the form of eyeballs and the, the companies have gained something in the form oh, of sure. dollars. But I think we might have lost something in the form of cohesion. You know, I, I feel like I don't know, it's like we've gained what we've lost as well. Like, you're not a real fan if you don't like X, Y, Z. And it's like, well, or like, yeah. you're not a real fan if you haven't read the comics or you're not a real fan if blah, blah, blah. And it's yeah. like, well, why don't, how about you just let people like things? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a true Scotsman argument in there somewhere. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. But like, I think going back to what you said earlier, too, I, I think, you, you know, it, it's probably multiple reasons for all of this. You know, there's some things with the demographics. It's some things with the maturity levels. I mean, it's probably not just one thing that, that drives some of this, but it, it definitely changes in the environment as things of, I guess, the, as the popularity has risen and the exposure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And especially all the online presence now, and these esports, and more tournaments, and uh, three, three personalities and everything. Yeah, exactly. You know, you get these personalities. You know, in the video game world, anyway, they're making commercials now. I mean, yeah, I didn't know who that guy was. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Apparently, someone did. Apparently, he was commercial worthy. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I guess well, it'll be curious to see where this all goes. You know, yeah. I, I generally like, you know, I generally like the uptick in interest. I, I think it's good for the companies. I think it's and I, you know, what's good for the companies is good for the players as long as they're, uh, as long as the games are stewarded properly. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I'd like for a little bit more sort of robust competition for Magic as well. I feel like they may be the, 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 unintended beneficiaries of of sort of largesse when it comes to spending. Yeah, the, just, they're the biggest in the market. The they kind of got yeah. the stranglehold on everything. So they, they kind of get the benefits whether they deserve it or, or not. That's right. <laughs> in some so that's why it's, I'm curious. I'll have to try that Eternal and see, uh, just to see what other games look like. I love to dabble in other games. And I, yeah. And I, it, it, yeah. Sorry. I feel like no, I'm cutting. No. Sorry. Um, to comment on that too i believe lsv has was one of the creative minds that was working with eternal so you can definitely see magic blood in it excellent excellent that's been the case too for a lot of these other card games and, and variants i think what was it ascension was uh it's some former magic players and uh there's a couple other ones too like that mm-hmm. um, yeah even the more recent um artifact which was uh richard garfield designed yep 
it's a shame that uh, that didn't do as well, but um, it was quickly disenchanted. Uh, un- unfortunately, the artifact was destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> but um, and, yeah. I know uh, Devin and I have talked about this lots of times in the past about wizards and the local game stores and and kind of how they've been kind of squeezing the the local stores and and yeah. moving them out of market and uh, you know putting uh, more products of themselves uh, out online. What do you think about kind of how Wizards has been toward the, the local stores in the community? Or do you even have a sense for it, too? It may be something that maybe people aren't really paying attention to, honestly. Somewhat tangentially. I mean, I know that they have pushed um, to do, like, for example, they recently shifted from the Pro Tour to the Mythic Championship, and I was actually at GP New Jersey, and they were talking about how they're shifting away from doing coverage for that, like live coverage. Mm-hmm. And I really just think that this is, I mean, I'm not, you know, a CEO of a multi-million dollar card company. But <laughs> my perception is that if people at home can't, you know, feel like they're a part of it, too, or something like that, then it's not the trend that Magic should go in necessarily. I know they're moving more towards doing online stuff with Arena, like esports and mm-hmm. and the yeah. other I have concerns about Paper Magic as it stands now because they're pushing a lot towards Arena. And don't get me wrong, I like Arena a lot. But I know they recently, uh, I think that it's banned Nexus of Fate and like Best of One, and they're pushing for Best of One in constructed matches. That doesn't make any sense to me. I thought it was, that doesn't that like really emphasize the effect of variance? I don't understand why you would want to do that in a setting where you're trying to emphasize skill over variance. But again, I'm not a magic CEO, but that's my perception. No, that's, I would say that's pretty much right on target. It it seems like they, I I think that wizards understands that the digital is the future, at least monetarily. And um, it's sort of a funny thing because they, 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 they can sell one quarter of the amount of packs that they do currently and break even with their current, current sales so it's sort of this direct to consumer is financially hugely beneficial for them but i think they do it on the backs of some of their the people that built them up their infrastructure right it's almost like you you're blowing up your 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 foundation to have a prettier roof and and i think it's sort of a, a problem because magic is not a fun game to watch and they're really no, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> it's not that entertaining. No. no, it's really hard for them to, you know, when they talk about esports and how popular it is, it's like, you know, it's way more fun to watch a game of like Overwatch or League of Legends or something than it is mm-hmm. to watch people play Magic. As a, as a yeah, yeah, as as people who love the game of Magic, I don't know anyone who loves watching it being played. And that says something for you right there. What that means is that people that play Magic, A, don't want to watch it. People that don't play Magic would not understand what they're seeing. Yeah, I think that's the biggest problem with Magic is that, like, especially with Paper Magic, when you're, at least with Arena, you have the arrows or the actions that are taking place that kind of can imply to the viewer whether or not they're educated on what they're seeing. It can kind of imply to them what's happening. But if you're not, you're just, like, you're watching Paper stuff. Like, okay, you point something at my card and I'm I'm not I don't play magic I don't know what this does so yeah, yeah it, it, you lose viewers that way absolutely 
even when you sense, yeah. even when you do, even when you know what you're doing, you could look away from that game for two minutes because you're talking yep. with a friend <laughs> and look back and you're like, whoa, what happened? I have no idea what's, how the board state got this way. It's a totally different game, yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that's a challenge, and I think it's one they don't seem to understand, and and I, you know, till I think the game's detriment, but yeah. you know, well, it's like how do you make it exciting, or how do you get more people? I mean, they they have been really ramping that up. You see, with all these streamers, uh, they're handing out basically streaming contracts to people. Ah, uh, and the good, sorry. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah, the streamer contacts some people. They're uh, they have uh, what do they call it? Like spotlighting people in special <laughs> game modes and everything. You see this on Arena, I'm sure. With Danny Trejo right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can see Danny Trejo. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's a big Magic player and knows everything about Magic. Oh, he loves Gigantosaurus. I saw it on TV. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny. Uh, we'll see. I guess. Uh, I guess time will tell. You know, we'll see. We'll see how this uh, how this trend works out. But um, I, I wish they would support their local game stores a little bit more than they currently do, and they they seem to be only moving away from that direction, uh, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I probably watch celebrities if they they played Magic, only to laugh at them. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although if they were good, I mean, no, that I, would be I, see yeah, I would enjoy I, it if they weren't good. That would make it even funnier. No way, I'd, I'd be fine with it. You know, maybe some really unusual pairings or something. Like you know? George Costanza versus uh, <laughs> something, or like Lady Gaga versus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could have some really fun yeah. matchups. <laughs> that, that might be amusing to watch. That would be really funny. I would, I would totally watch that. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> All right, uh, let's contact Wizards. We have an idea for them. <laughs> yeah, right. Crazy, That's right. Crazy magic matchups. <laughs> celebrity. Celebrity, celebrity style. That's right. Celebrity channel. Very good. Well, thank you so much for all, for your insights. We really, really appreciate it. It's tough to, uh, tough to get that sort of view from the other side, so to speak. Sure. You're you're very welcome. Thanks for asking about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we'll, we'll, we need to throw in at least one or two fun questions here, Dev. Oh, for sure. Fire away. Okay. Uh, well, I think that's what... Exactly. Well, we've done a lot of fun things, but uh, what's your favorite magic card? Oh, man. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Which may be Andy a fun loves... and hard question simultaneously. Andy loves putting you on the spot like this. <laughs> <laughs> in... For sentimental reasons, I would say my favorite card is Commander Isha because okay. it was in that deck that I mentioned earlier, but also yep. because, uh, I don't know, the art's really striking, and it just kind of, I don't know, it, it has a lot of uh, sentimentality for me. Um, with respect to, I guess, the current limited format, I've really enjoyed playing with Theater of Horrors. That's, it really, mm-hmm. the whole, like, draw you a second-hand card is really cool. Um I played with Dovin at the recent GP that I was at. That was a lot of fun. Um, but I don't know about favorites. That's a really hard one. To- <laughs> it's a tough question. It is tough. <laughs> I like things that make tokens. I like having a lot of creatures at once. So okay. things that do that, essentially. Favorite token? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Zephyrling, any- vampire, human. Uh, what Bird- else? Marilage. <laughs> Bird- Ooze, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> Does anyone really like oozes? <laughs> you I know, I Andy actually, has an ooze deck. <laughs> you know, I had an actual ooze deck. Oh, wow. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make an ooze deck. And this was, 
I don't know. This was way back. Six before. years ago, maybe, or something. Oh, probably Which, more than that. Not many good oozes at the time. But I there remember the ancient ooze too. was in that deck. The yeah. ancient ooze was there. That red ooze? I don't know if you remember him, but... Dude, uh, that was like 12 years ago. That was like 10 or 12 oh, years ago. Oh, yeah, it was easily... that. that red, <laughs> it was really because of that red ooze. I don't know if you remember. He was like one mana, but like... I forget what it was. If something died, he got like th- three plus one counters or something. He, he really would, would would get big fast. Uh, but I, I will say it was never successful. Is it Ooze? I just looked it up. Uh, yeah, that might have been it. Yeah. That's, yeah, he was good. Although, you know, I did see the new Ooze today when I was playing on, on uh, Magic. The um, uh, the Bio... Biogena... Bio... Bio something make- Ooze? Biogenic mo- Ooze? Who makes uh, other Oozes? Yes. And he, he's a ooze lord, I guess. Ooze <laughs> lord. He is. He is. I lord mean, of the ooze. Doesn't he uh, give a bonus to oozes? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Lord of the ooze. Yeah. Yeah. The biogenic ooze. He he he. When he comes in, he creates a two two ooze, and he, at the beginning of your end step, put a plus one plus one counter on each ooze you control, and mm-hmm. you can pay for it to make another ooze. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, Andy's reviving his ooze deck now. I, I can see it now. Although this card's seven bucks. Yeah, he's a little prohibitive at the moment. Wait until he becomes two fifty. Uh, two fifty. Then now, now we might be talking. Maybe. <laughs> That's funny. I I would recommend selling Biogenic ooze at this point. He <laughs> is on the downward trend. Rebuy it later. Hype. The ooze hype. Yes. Right. You heard it here. Oozes are going to be big in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Invest in oozes. Because <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Excellent. Awesome. Well, I guess so. Yeah, as I said, well, thanks so much for, for joining us, Meg. I really appreciate you uh, being on, and uh, maybe we can catch you sometime on the arena. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Devin and Andy. I really appreciate it. No problem. And... Uh, yeah, great to have you and uh, tune in every every week if you're not already. <laughs> you gotta put the plug shameless, in. Shameless here. plugging. Well, you know that's how it goes. Yeah, all good. Absolutely. Excellent. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank everybody. So all right. Keep it up, and uh, you know, as always, as we always say, you know, may all your your picks here be profitable. So uh, happy twenty twenty fifth episode here, and uh, we look forward to a whole lot more. Twenty five more. Thanks, guys. That many? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. right. Have a good one. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye.